Hello there, welcome to Hangtime Horror with me, Brendan Bailey, the all-round nutcase and horror fanatic. And me, Psycho Steve, who doesn't know the boundary when it comes to horror. My name is Misty Little, and I'll be talking about the dislikes of horror films and why I dislike them myself. So today's podcast is about horror movies pushing the boundary and when they push the boundary. And Video Nasties is a big part of that, and so I have more of an understanding and for the people listening to the podcast, I've more of an And I also have interviewed my good friend Tim Green, who is a massive horror fan himself, and he talks about his whole history of video nasties with the Betamax player. I remember in the 80s, I was born in 1978, so, so the 80s was a big time for video nasties, and um, in, in our country, England, there was... It was very restrictive, so the only way you could kind of get a video nasty was on a Betamax cassette. Oh, and wow, I've never heard that one before. What is the what is that consist of? Uh, so well, what is Betamax. that? So, mm. if you went to a video shop, they probably would have a few Betamax, but mainly VHS. VHS right. was like the difference between Laserdisc and DVD of of the of the noughties. Okay, so. So Laserdisc came out, but you had to flip the disc um, to watch the other side, you know, the other half of the film by flipping the disc, where DVD would com- would play the film complete. Okay. And so back in the 80s, you had Betamax and VHS, but really in, in you know, where I grew up, VHS was the leader of, of films, so... What, so why, so, what was so the idea of that? What was the idea yeah. then? Then were they like for the video nasties kind of thing? What what was the what was the idea? Well, of that? no. What happens is because obviously VHS was the leader of the the high the video hiring system in England. They obviously followed the British regulations of film, where Betamax was very much American. So, and in America, what they classified as as video, uh, you know. What you know, how they graded their films compared to England were different. So any video nasty would generally be on a Betamax because because they because in America they they didn't they weren't as strict. So to watch a video nasty, you needed really a Betamax machine. Wow! So that was illegal in England then. What, to, have, to watch it to get these video nasties well, you, you, could have, have, you could have Betamax machines in England right. but there was very limited films that you could get for it okay. because it didn't take off in this country that well right I think at the time America because it was I don't know I think Betamax was mainly Sony and they really pushed for it in America so um, so and they and they were more um, in America they were more lenient with the films that they sh- you know they they put on to take cassette. Our country was a lot more stricter, so and because we only did VHS really in this country, um, you you it was you know it was it was very difficult to watch something that was would be classed as video nasty. So the only way to get a video nasty was to have a Betamax machine and uh, and kind of and try, kind of manage to get a Betamax cassette. So our researcher for the podcast, Misty. She did some research on the negative effects of horror movies and part of this was because she personally feels that way with horror movies but she also wanted to see what it's like for other people as well. So, why do people dislike horror films? 
Many people dislike horror films, and the reasons behind this is that certain emotions, such as tension, fear, stress, and even shock, they all get brought up. And the physical and mental reasons why many people cannot watch them include the way they have been mentioned, such as childhood experiences or even dreams. So, for example, when you have a bad dream, you're not going to wake up in the morning and remember what's happened. But that's always going to be in the back of your head. So when you go to watch something at the cinema or maybe on television, you'll witness something scary and your initial thought is to get away or to hide, thinking that you'll be safe from that. And even though your body and your mindset won't want to, that idea in your head is telling you to be safe. But as a child, I've never really been a fan of horror films. This might be the reason because... I would always watch my dad playing video games with zombies or clowns. So the images and the ambience could be the reason I've grown up to hate such fiction. I've always wondered why, though, I would want to watch a horror film. I wouldn't go to the cinema for the storyline, but maybe I'd go for the jump scares and the thrill of being scared. At the end of the day, that all comes down to your adrenaline. You'll receive an adrenaline rush whilst watching a horror film. At that specific moment, when your brain is realising what is about to happen, as again, your brain is wanting you to think, you want to get away, what you're seeing on the screen is what your brain is thinking. So that's the main reasons why people dislike horror films. But it's like if you go to see a clown, if you see a clown walking past you, you already see clowns as a negative effect. But then if you'd like to go to a circus, circuses have clowns as their main characters and their main personalities. So the characters within horror films aren't always the reason why you would be afraid of a horror film. Thanks for that, Misty. And so, Brendan, you are somebody, when it comes to horror movies, they kind of make you feel uneasy at times. Yes, definitely, especially with the aspect in your grave scene, with the whole rape ordeal, the gang rape. You know, obviously there's no need for that graphicness of it. You know, you just have to show, basically, either the men closing in around her, you just know that's going to happen. There was no need for them to go into that horrible, raw, senile detail they were doing. You know, and seeing the poor girl crying out in pain, I just felt like I wanted to push myself through that TV screen, shouting, like, more or less, get off her. Like, you know it's not real, but the emotion it had on me, considering I was that 18-year-old lad, I never seen anything like it before. I had no pre-warning. Just because it said maybe there was a rape scene doesn't mean to say how raw it was actually going to take place of what was actually going to unfold and what you'd actually see. And for me, that is not... That wasn't the right move. You see, I spit on your grave. You've just brought that movie up, and that's fair. That's the perfect example for the kind of podcast we are doing for this month. So, with I spit on your grave, you watched the 2010 remake. I did, yes. Right? I haven't watched the original now. Where the original actually fits into the video nasty part, and they get banned, and then it got re-released and then it got re-re-released with even less cutting yeah and the difference between the two is quite a bit and he's shown how other movies have changed quite a lot so 2010 was quite graphic as you said but then the one in the 70s that had more of a raw feel to it it had a bit of a found footage feel to it and even though it 
you know it's fake watching it part of it felt real just because how it was filmed yes and then it's also fake so for example me i cut myself off i watch it and i'm like okay that was that was a bit fucked up but mm. it's an horror movie where when it comes to you yes you kind of you proper feel as if it's real i'm in love with, i'm when i watch a film if i fall in love with the character or feel empathy towards that character that's it I'm, I'm i'm gone i'm gone with that character so whatever happens to that character good or bad i'm with them so that's how i with me as a film person and how i love my films it doesn't matter how crap the film is that's how i'm one of them people who doesn't really say heavily on bad things on films because if i fall in love with the character development i'm sold like you know a good villain i love to hate a good villain you know you can tell when a good villain's there in a horror film as well a good one and once that love's there that's it you know but then i've got a question so when it comes to i spit on your grave yes do you think that went too far yes definitely there should, there's no need for that rape that that long scene it wasn't even a let alone bad enough you see on television one-to-one rates but let alone a four man more or less think five men rape that goes on for quite some time not like it's not like a quick two minute thing it's like 10 minutes or so and the fact they forced another man who didn't really want to to do the act on her because they were threatening him and it was so submissive i think he had a disability uh, they preyed on that and forced him that was made it even like ramped up the scale even more if it wasn't for that even a great film okay and then obviously with us bit on your grave as you just said they go out and they want to disturb you you do but would you say the movie did its job though definitely disturb it but for me that was that's not a job to direct something like that and to organize as a director that kind of scene for the period of time it went on for and for the actress herself it must and for the actors themselves playing like those kind of people it must have been a massive strain uh, because when you get delve inside to delve inside a character that is your job to delve in as an actor because you've got to make it for the viewer as real as possible and it must have been I can't I'd love to see those people today to discuss with them the impact it had on their mental health so where do you think the boundary is when it comes to other movies no rape scenes or if there is going to be a rape scene you just have to picture the man shutting the door and doing his top trousers the woman like being you know holding her that's all you need to see like they're doing the the soap world without going too off tangent you see with me when it comes to other movies i normally don't care until it becomes real okay yeah so when it comes real a cannibal holocaust for example yes that is a movie I hate to admit, mm. I really enjoy watching. So that was one, out of everything, that's the one film that's proper bothered you. But then these animal scenes in there, and the animals was real. Yeah. So uh. multiple animals died to film that movie. And there was even one where the director wasn't happy with a shot, and a monkey was involved with the shot, so a monkey lost its life for that one shot. But then the director wasn't happy with it so we wanted that scene be shot again how can that be justified so that was two I don't know what species but there was tiny monkeys don't matter what species the fact it's a monkey oh, don't yeah. matter it's an animal but, so yeah. two monkeys died for that one shot then multiple yeah. animals I'm not going to go in context no, of no, what happened to no. the animals for the sake of the podcast no but 
I enjoyed the movie and the movie does give you a disturbing feel mm. and I have watched the movie three times yeah. so it's one of those movies where I really enjoy watching because outside of the animals it's a piece of art but then the animals it makes it disturbing so it's grey area for me okay but uh, I don't know how that director could live with himself you know how can he do that to the animal like knowing if he's not happy knowing he's just you know like there's nothing you know in other films when animals get killed you know obviously I get upset when I see a dog getting killed or any sort of animal like obviously you've got to you've got to John Wick with that horrible stuff he probably that got murdered but it upsets me I cry I even cried but you know it's not real so in a way it's easier but knowing because the animals are being looked after they're very well looked after and that is just too far okay so if you could say where the boundary push is in three words what would you say boundaries three words right no rape no animal use real animal use um, and also always always think about um, as a director you've got the easy job you've got to think about the mental well-being of your actor and your actress mm. perfect and for me it's if it's real so for the final part of Valentine Warrior earlier in the week, we posted on our social media page an image that contained varied our imagery, whether it was a piece of clothing, an object, a famous glory weapon that was used. We collected the results to find the top three films that were highly recognised were Nightmare on Elm Street, Scream and Halloween. And something else I recognised, there was quite various mentions from the public of horror films that weren't actually, according to the answers which I we researched, the answers to this, they weren't actually in the the portrait itself of the all those images. You've got various ones, including um, the Grudge, uh, was said not in there. Um, Carrie was said not there. Children of the Corn not there. Seven, The Fly, Candyman. What do you reckon to that, Stephen? You what see. Going back on The Grudge, because while well, all of us in the studio thought it was The Grudge, especially me, and it turned out I was evil dead, I'm still sure that <laughs> it's going to be The Grudge. It's that black hair, because obviously how her arms are like, how her arms are in the picture, isn't it? Like, how, it, it Very deceiving, isn't it? Because in The Grudge, her arms are a bit funny. Um, how they do that, you know? And it's yeah. like, very similar imagery, and it's really... <laughs> Because it had the ring and then he didn't have to grudge it. They normally go hand in hand. Yes. Um, you know, you've got Candyman that was said in there. The fly was said not there. And there was some in there uh, which I was very surprised people got. And there was, in fact, 40 correct answers, believe it or not, in that one image. And it's it's really incredible to see how people have look at an image and look at it in different ways to each other. And that was yeah. very interesting. And I will now say... Thank you for listening to our podcast. Uh, we hope we don't give you too many nightmares. Pleasant dreams. Bye-bye.